0: Welcome to the Applied Blockchain podcast, where blockchain technology and innovation are in the spotlight. My name is Adi Benari, and I'm the founder and CEO of Applied Blockchain. And I'll be your host as we dive into relaxed conversations with industry experts and thought leaders to get their views on what they're building, the Web3 ecosystem and its transformative impact on the modern world. David, uh, David Palmer from Vodafone. Uh, Welcome to the Applied Blockchain podcast.
1: Hi, Adi. Uh, really pleased to be here with you uh, today. Um, it's been a long time, uh, but I'm absolutely honoured to have got the call-, call up. As you know, we've been um, in, this, uh, in this Web3 space for a while now, so, so I'm really looking forward to this discussion.
0: Yeah, we've, uh, I think we've bumped into each other at various conferences. I think we've been on a panel together as well. Um, I, As you probably know, I've got a bit of a history at Vodafone. I spent about five years of my career uh, at, at group and at UK and the, and and I, I, that was uh, there's a great formative years when I got to work on some very exciting projects and you're obviously in the in the blockchain role there now so I think it makes perfect sense for us to uh, to get to get on a call like this and uh, and, and have a good chat
1: Oh excellent All, always a pleasure um, to uh, in fact you would be surprised at the number of people who have worked in Vodafone in some way. <laughs> That you come into contact with who are now in web3 so no it's an absolute yep. honor adi
0: okay amazing um so david maybe for the audience uh give us a little bit of background a little bit about yourself uh, how you got into the space
1: how you got into this role i guess um yeah so, so, so a bit about myself so so i um, have been in uh sort of technology for for a long time and telecommunications. i've worked on some of the big implementations so namely uh uh, DSL, uh, uh, you know, uh, broadband, when it came out, I was uh, working on that. Uh, same with fiber to the premises, um, same with Internet of Things or machine to machine. And um, maybe four or five years ago, I um, started looking at, um, you know, blockchain and telecoms use cases. And at the time when I was doing the search, it was sort of four, four search results. And uh, I think they were just some of the big telcos who were just starting to look into it. And I said, hey, you know, I think this could be something that's quite interesting for us. Um, and, and that was it. So, so, so in terms of blockchain for telecoms, uh, I've been exploring sort of Web3 blockchain telecoms for four or five years, helping Vodafone um, with others in, you know, in the organization to explore use cases that we could take to MVP or POC and MVP. And uh, also, um, outside of that, of course, I, I've been um, into Web3 a, a far bit longer, sort of dabbling in the Bitcoin space uh, and Ethereum and uh, all things uh, sort of uh, yeah, Web3 outside. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Amazing. Um, and Vodafone's obviously a very big company, big group. Uh, where do you sit within that? Kind of universe,
1: so, 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 so I am um, actually part of Vodafone business, which is on the Vodafone group. Um, and uh, we, we actually have now, um, so I was previously part of Internet of Things, uh, but we are as a result of the uh, digital asset broker platform, which is a platform which has uh, a Web3 engine to it, um, and is powering interoperable digital identities for iot devices uh with wallets and transactions with smart contracts um as a result of that uh platform which which was launched last september last february sorry february 2022 um we now have a new business division uh which is um you know, dedicated to this platform and digital asset broker and uh, the whole economy of things as we call it so i uh, in vodafone business but 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 in the digital asset broker uh street. Right, amazing. Okay. Um
0: that sounds very exciting. So it, I mean can you tell us, can you show us what this platform is about, how it was conceived, what it aims to do, what you know what we well, need to know um,
1: about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I so so so, so the Digital Asset broker platform as said, came about through that exploration into use cases for telecoms um and uh, and blockchain. And essentially, um, you know, what, what we started out looking at is, okay, can we get a peer-to-peer tra- micro payments transaction between two devices? How could we do that? What would the enablers be? Um, how would it work? Could we do it over blockchain? So that, so that we started uh, many years ago. We did a POC uh, on Ethereum, um, which was just looking, okay, could we have an Ethereum address? Could we send a token from one device to another? Could it be automated? And we soon realised that yes, you could do that, but that's, that, that's only part of the puzzle. You have to have a right to play, um, you know, in this, uh, you know, what about if we could use our SIM card? And what about if we could link our SIM card uh, to the blockchain? What about if we could somehow link our SIM card to uh, having this interoperable identity passport, uh, which was anchored on chain? What about if we could store a private key uh, in the SIM, uh, in the hardware secure module of the SIM card? What about if we could use that that, that key so that we could ex- we could have a device with the SIM card externally sign-on chain, And that gave rise to the digital asset broker, um, which essentially provides IoT devices with a uh, decentralized digital identity. Uh, so we call it the IoT um, identity passport. And, th- and that just basically means that the IoT devices uh, move from being siloed and fixed to an organization to be able to trust and communicate Uh, with other devices across organizations, across industries, across silos, as long as they're part of the ecosystem. Um, And also, um, you know, the devices uh, have uh, wallets, Uh, the wallets linked to payment credentials, Uh, they can uh, attach to smart contracts on our platform, and they have a digital key, uh, which can be used to authenticate and, and trigger those transactions. Um, and, and we call those the, the sort of D, digital asset broker or DAB enablers for the economy of things. Um, and obviously, the blockchain is playing a key role in providing trust for the identities, um, you know, uh, uh, provenance of transactions uh, and peer-to-peer transactions as well on, on, on chain. So, yeah, re- really exciting. Um, you know, we're only at the beginning, so we're now also looking at how we can have a metaverse of things, how DAB can. Uh, can, can, look at incorporating uh, the identities of wearables, um, you know, how we can incorporate NFTs, how we can incorporate uh, token payments going forwards. Uh, so, so there's a massive roadmap of things that, 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 we want to do, but we, we feel it's important that we, um, you know, prove ourselves. So the first, uh, use case we have is EV charging. So electronic vehicle charging, and it's, it's prime, it's prime for the capabilities that we have, uh, in DAB. Uh, because on the one side you have um, a car with a sim card uh, which has the identity passport which has the wallet which has the private key which has the ability to associate on the platform to smart contracts on the other side you have um a a charging point and and what the protocol the dab protocol is doing uh, is allowing the car to um you know seamlessly automatically transact with the charging point um you know where the car is using its identity a payment credential associated with the car to transact directly mm-hmm. with the charging point and with, yeah. um, with 1.2 million chargers needed across Europe uh, by 2025 and a similar number uh, in the UK because we're not part of Europe anymore um, you know there's a lot of uh, growth in that area uh, and, and it's one where we, we are seeing a lot of interest in digital asset program
0: yeah okay amazing wow um, I've got a million questions. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so this might be a long podcast um <laughs> so, so look first first of all, just to break that down a little bit i mean that is that 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 does sound really uh quite advanced right and and probably a lot more than what pe- what most people are aware of in terms of what what a telco is doing what Vodafone is doing specifically in this space um so the identity that you talk about is that—is that already a reality that there's a key in the SIM, or that the SIM is used yeah. as, a, as a sort of anchor for the for, for the blockchain identity?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's a key part of the uh, the sort of proposition. So, so there's two ways we do it. So for uh, for newer SIMs, uh, so the SIMs you have in cars and other devices, uh, we have a applet, a DAB applet in the SIM card, uh, which allows that SIM card using the Java middleware in the SIM card to, to generate multiple private-public key pairs. Um, and uh, the private keys are stored in a secure element on the SIM card, right? right. Um, that, that also meets a standard called IoT safe. Um, and you have certificates linked to uh, to, to, to the devices um, and a certificate authority, a decentralized certificate authority. And, and that, that that is it. So that's one way of doing it for new devices. Part of the problem we had mm -hmm. um, was, uh, you know, that uh, not many, well, you had a large proportion of devices that didn't have the new SIM. Uh, So for that, we have um, some proprietary um, technology uh, based on the GSMA 3GPP standards, uh, so it's called generic bootstrap architecture, and this is where we can essentially um, uh, bootstrap a key to the older devices, Um, and and that is uh, uh, something we call SIM trust. Uh, which is part of the AB, right. uh, and that allows us to do the same thing for for older sims and uh, you know in devices.
0: Right. Okay. And and I guess the key, the way the key works on the new devices, is, is that a GSMA standard as well.
1: Yeah, they're both they're, they're both standard. Okay. Yeah, they're both standards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're both standards. Yep. It's just that we have a patent on the SIMTRUS um, standard, mm-hmm. um, and, and obviously it's important because if you have a fleet of cars or you have a, a sort of automotive OEM. You want to be able to offer the same experience to all, right? So, yeah. so whereas you know, there's one standard that will work for maybe five, ten percent. You know, from a business point of view, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been feasible because they would want to cover the whole uh, estate of cards or, or right.
0: Or charges. And do the keys? And the key that sits on the SIM is it? Can it be a key that supports some of the? Standard or the bigger blockchains out there, the public uh, blockchains.
1: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So we. So yeah. so so one of the technologies that um, that we have been able to manipulate to build the bridge uh, between the SIM and the blockchain and and what we call externally signing using that private key in the SIM card is elliptic curve cryptography. Mm-hmm. Uh, so elliptic curve cryptography has allowed us to build that bridge where you can externally sign using uh, the private key on the SIM card with Hyperledger Fabric, uh, with Ethereum uh, and also uh, we have a workaround for our recorder. Yeah,
0: Yeah, okay. And I guess now with account abstraction, it it, it doesn't even matter now, right? You can kind of link to almost any, any blockchain that support account abstraction, you can now verify that key in the contract as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Things have moved along yeah. um, nicely yeah. and, the, and the interoperability of layer ones is moving along nicely. Yeah.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, and then, uh, it, it, I mean, in terms of blockchains, have you built it to work with a specific blockchain or, or work on this yeah. thing? Or what, how does that work?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so, so it's a layer two. And then essentially what the protocol, DAB protocol is doing It's a protocol for how IoT devices, um, you know, communicate with each other and with blockchains, right? That that, that is what it is. Um, You know, there's immense power, I believe, uh, in, uh, you know, looking at the sheer numbers, right? So so if you look, there's over 6 billion smartphones in operation. How powerful is that where, you know, those smartphones are able to, um, you know, fly in externally and interoperate directly on a chain? And there's, um, I think in the next five to seven years, anywhere from 50 to 70 billion IoT devices, um, yeah. You know, uh, and, and they don't have people with them, right? So so, so the ability to give those devices identities, to link them to smart contracts, to allow them to sign, can actually bring an ecosystem of, of up to 70 billion IoT devices on chain. So from an adoption point of view, it's massive. Um, yeah. And from a value point of view, I think that there's a whole suite of new business models that can be uh, that can be supported from this now if we um sort of look at how we integrate interact with the layer one um you know four or five years ago was a very different time um, in terms of the appetite of enterprises and business to look at uh, to look at blockchain so of course we took the permission route uh, and we took um we looked at a, a blockchain which was channel broadcast and which was uh you know sort of met all the security standards so we went with our mm-hmm. recorder yeah. Uh, as our our first uh, sort of layer one, uh, but but now you know as a layer two, we're now expe- extending to the dot public blockchain, so Ethereum, Hyperledger Fabric, and and others. Right, there's there's a few protocols that we're looking at, and, and we will. I, I see them as infrastructure. Of course, there's going to be consolidation at that layer one level, uh, but yeah. we're firmly playing yeah. at the layer two, and, and and as you correctly said, at the ex- abstraction layer.
0: Yeah. Okay i'll just say, say a word or two about account abstraction as well um i mentioned it earlier this is a new feature that that has now been launched on ethereum as well and evm compatible chains and we're seeing it on some of the other newer chains as well especially the zero knowledge rollups um so account abstraction um is basically a smart contract that acts as a wallet uh and so like any smart contract you can put rules into it about how it can be how, the, how it can be recovered or what can what needs to be done to trigger transactions yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so from so that so, account. so this is
1: e- yeah. ERC 4337. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, and, and, it's really the, exciting, really exciting. It,
0: yeah. And, and and one of the big things uh, that, that really is going to make it uh, really usable for people is that these smart contracts will be treated as wallets by the wallet applications. So you, you'll be able to set rules about your account. And for IoT devices, I imagine this is particularly interesting because. I probably want to set some limits about what my car can spend if it's being automatically connected to payments or there might be some kind of direct debit type of functionality or something like that. And I could uh, I could just have those limits or that programmability and those rules set in my IoT wallet uh, through account abstraction. Yeah, I
1: think it's uh, ERC 4337 is, is very powerful. Um, I, I think from a wallet point of view, it's very powerful. As you said, from an application to... IoT is very powerful. I mean, we, we, we have been sort of trialing uh, some of the same types of technology uh, on the uh, on the DAB protocol uh, for a while now. I think what this does, and, and, and it links to this wallet of wallets concept where essentially, I think with also with things like Wallet Connect, the Open Wallet Project, etc., you're starting to see interoperability of wallets, right? So a long, a long while ago, I think we were saying, um, you know, we're moving towards the world of wallets. Yeah, you know, we're not going to have focus on bank accounts or mortgages anymore. People, business things, even countries will have wallets. Those wallets will have different accounts. Some of them will be blockchain accounts. Some of them will be traditional accounts. Smart contracts will be able to do some really exciting things across all of them. And and part of our focus has been to um, basically provide a device wallet as part of the DAB capability and um, a device wallet that can um, you know following the principles of Wallet Connect. Um, you know linked to different types of payments so not having a hard wallet um, a hardware wallet or, or, or you know a set wallet that just works on one chain but essentially you know the concept um, and the ambition is to have a wallet that can link to multiple payment credentials including um, you know real world payment credentials traditional banking payment credentials where, where require and and essentially trigger um, you know the payments using smart contracts so i think uh, a wallet Connect really powerful. Um, I think the juvie's still out, but I'm excited to learn more about the messaging um, advancements on that. But I think, uh, you know, ERC 34337 is also really powerful. Um, And I think when you're starting to bring all of these things together, uh, you know, it's taking us closer to that world of wallets. Um, And from a from an IoT point of view, um, you know, the automation of transactions across devices. Yeah,
0: Amazing amazing uh, v- very exciting David w- one of my other questions from all of this that you're, you're sharing with us um, so we've talked about IoT devices uh, has Vodafone uh, explored this yet or is it will it also work with uh, consumer devices mobile phones or is that a separate
1: I, I, a different no thing? no absolutely so so um, you yeah, know part of um, part, part of the three components of of DAB. One is what we call root of trust at the edge. And we start with the SIM card because that's what we Mm -hmm. have control over. Um, You know, Vodafone has been a a sort of leader in uh, managed connectivity. We have 160 million IoT devices in the ecosystem. Um, If you look at that from a DAB blockchain perspective, 160 million IoT devices immediately makes us one of, if not the biggest, um, you know, uh, platform yeah. Uh, for 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 i o t that there is right immediately um you know we have hundred sixty even, even for devices.
0: overall accounts right
1: yeah I mean, so, that's so, so, so it's yeah. a, it's a ma- massive shot in the arm but uh we realize that not all the i o t devices have sims um you know so, so 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 there is a way to connect uh to d a b using the cellular chip in the device um and uh you have some and then that covers some wi fi devices and others um you know we are working on making it multi operator as well um, so so that root of trust at the edge uh, is important to, to embrace I- IoT devices with different types of connectivity. And also what we're realizing uh, in our journey uh, into EV charging is the importance of people and smartphones, right, which, you know, for that particular use case, it wouldn't be the case for a cargo container with a sensor um, that's selling data, but it would be for EV charging where you have a person. And where you have a person and that person is part of the experience or part of the sort of checks and balances, uh, you know, you, you're able, we were also able to um, use the, I create a connection between the device identity and the person identity and authenticate certain verifiable credentials. So yeah. uh, in, in the case of a fleet driver, we can uh, check, you know, before the fleet driver enters the car uh, that they have a fleet credential, <clears throat> i.e. they're meant to be driving the car on that day. Uh, but we can also authenticate, use that same credential to authenticate them to use the wallet and the payment credential in the car. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see a connection uh, between the person and the device. And one way that you have, one, one actor you have in that authentication is the mobile phone. So yep. so mobile phone as proxy, as we call it, or indeed use cases for sort of retail payments where you have a mobile phone uh, device, which is DOD enabled, is also on the roadmap. Um, so, 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 yeah. The mobile phones definitely on the roadmap, and, and and again, it allows us to use our, our footprint to, to kickstart uh, those use cases of the ecosystem.
0: Okay, that's that's interesting. Um, just touching on one of the points you mentioned. Uh, you talked about cargo tracking, for example. Um, I mean, this is interesting because a lot of the use cases that we we get presented uh, and asked asked to build for are for tracking different types of cargo and using sensors uh, in order to put the sensor information onto the blockchain. One of the problems we've always had is that, how do we authenticate that sensor information, right? How do we know it's original, it's come from the sensor uh, itself and it hasn't been interfered with before it enters the blockchain system in the first place? And so we've we've asked, okay, we need some kind of key to be on the device itself. Uh, But if these sensors are enabled with a SIM, uh, which they should be in order to be able to share data, they usually would be, then the SIM itself could sign on behalf of the device, on behalf of the sensor, uh, if it has a key on it. And so if you put those two things together, I think that becomes really interesting, really powerful, because then you've got data on the blockchain or transactions being pushed to the blockchain from devices where the data, where we have we have, we have digital, uh, to what I'm looking for, provenance, if you like, and cryptographic provenance all the way back to the sensor, and you can trace that and prove it in the smart contract before you act on it.
1: Uh, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I think that that is the power. Uh, you know, one, one of the powerful things about DAB is the ability to allow a device to sign on behalf of its owner. So the sign, the, 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 the yeah. device doesn't uh, live in isolation, or you know, but but it's on behalf of an organization or a person. A device has a key, which, under certain conditions outlined in the smart contract they can sign for. For example, with the EV charging, uh, we've got the car. Um, so so with, with, with EV charging, what happens is you, you know, the car pulls up, you plug it in, uh, you have a handshake between between them an identity check, uh, you then have a tariff, uh, and then you have the transaction. The transaction creates something called a charge data record, and that charge data record is basically used to for the settlement, either using a real-time uh, card payment or a post-pay settlement. Now, with DAV, we're able to get the car to sign that charge data record and the charger. So, if you um, start looking at how you can bundle uh, charging for uh, auto manufacturers, or how you can um, have other sort of big players who want to include charging but want to pay on behalf of the car at a later date, you have a fine transaction which is written immutably to the blockchain. Um, uh, you know, which can be used for that. So, we're, we're doing that for for EV charging. Uh, and, and that is all made possible because we can essentially um, allocate a, a private key uh, to the to the device uh, that can be signed, used to sign.
0: Yeah. Okay. Amazing. And one more te- question, a bit on the technical side. So, when you manage the identities, are you using are you using a decentralized identity standard? Are you using DID, for example?
1: Uh, yeah, DID and VCs. Um, so, so, so yeah. it. it, it, it very basic at the moment because mm-hmm. um you know we're we we' we're, we're we're trying to be a part of the idef two uh, discussions uh, as you know that there is a desire to extend that to i o t devices um so so very basic credential credentials um which are are sort of issued and verified uh, but but yeah we are following the DID method
0: yeah okay, good. Uh, I mean, David, that that alone, I could probably talk to you for hours about. Right, just thinking about the use cases that we deal with and so and, and, and our customers and so on. Um, but I'd like to move on a little bit. So, um, just you know, you're 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 in this space, obviously sitting at Vodafone, and also getting a panoramic view of what's going on in crypto and in, in enterprise blockchain and just in the tech in general.
1: What are you excited about? Um, i think that's a really really good question had you asked me um, that last year um my, my number one would have been um, digital identity uh, my number two would have been nfts uh, and my number three would have been what i call the metaverse as a framework to pull all of this together um, I, I suppose now um, it's been interesting because we've been on this journey um you know events have happened so 20 middle of 2021 was uh, the most fantastic high. Uh, and then we've we've gone on a, a sort of roller coaster, well, more a downward roller coaster, uh, since 2021. Um, a, blip, you know, a, a blip, a blip, a blip. Yeah. Um, uh, which uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, which has obviously made us rethink. I mean, what what am I excited about? Uh, I'm I'm still very very excited about the potential of Web three. I'm, I'm excited about um, the fact that we are now forcing some clarity in regulation. And I think the token economy is going to take off. Uh, I think it will include uh, central bank digital currencies. I think we're only beginning to see the potential of what NFTs can do uh, uh, for consumers and for businesses. Um, and uh, I, I think digital identity uh, with initiatives like EIDAS 2.0 uh, from the EU uh, you know, is now needed to drive some of the things that's happening with AI and the metaverse. So I th- I think those are the things I'm excited about. I would have also uh, spoken about the metaverse and being excited about the metaverse and the five trillion opportunity by 2030. I think, you know, you, you have the hype cycles and, and some of the excitement died down uh, with Microsoft not making the sort of money they expected to, uh, and, and, and issues around adoption. But, you know, I, I think if you look at um, where we were with smartphones, or sorry, with mobile phones and how that started off, um, you know, we're gonna see uh, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of innovation to 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 make access to the metaverse better and 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 a lot of innovation to make the metaverse uh, better as well once you once you're in there so I think that's exciting. but I think the one thing you cannot miss out now is uh, this whole generative AI and what's happened with the open AI and chat uh, GPT um, yep. and yep. Uh, and I think that now comes into it um you know in in a big way in the sense that you now have um you know web3 um, you know this whole AI, generative AI, uh, you know, and the metaverse framework all coming together um, to forge this new world. And we're starting to see. Uh, I was reading an, a, an article this morning about um, you know uh, AI-driven radio stations. Um, you know, you got you you've got uh, you know the head of IBM talking about the jobs that the, you know the white-collar jobs that can be replaced with AI. Uh, but I think AI needs a conscience, right? Um, and I think that conscience and check and balance um, can be Web3. Uh, I think provenance. I think uh, you know some of the ways that communities are acting and voting, etc. You know, our consensus governance. And, yeah, yeah, it could could be a way to govern um, how this technology moves forward. Uh, but I think it's also um, you know a way where uh, this, tra- this this you know th- th- these technologies can be tra- transacted real time uh, where we can trace that back to a person, um, you know, et cetera. So I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, that whole, uh, axis of, um, of web three generative AI and, uh, metaverse are still the three pillars that, that excite me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, we're obviously, you know, we're, 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 we're part of this space as well. Um, and when we look at this, uh, you know, I guess any hype hype cycles usually go over the top. Right? <laughs> it's already happened a couple of times uh, in the blockchain space, and then when they when they go over the top, they usually drop quite fast and quite hard. Um, but I think behind them uh, there is interesting technology. There's technical efficiencies. That's the things that we really that's the thing that we're really after, and, we're in, and the, the value that we see in the tech. Um, I think if you've got an IoT device which is uh handling small payments and it's doing it directly from the device itself and it's got rules which are secured through a blockchain um then you're potentially looking at at increased security around that payment um and 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 lowering the the overall transaction costs uh, of processing those payments you've got an efficiency there just in that space alone uh, which i think is, is is a technical efficiency which 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 is a value. So hype, no hype, whatever. I think if there's value there, mm. that's th- th- there's value there, right? Uh, and, and obviously, it takes time for the narrative, and, and especially with the, the cycle we've just been through and some of the bad actors, it takes time for, for people to get comfortable uh, with the technology again. But for me, the tech—if the tech works and it brings efficiencies—you know, all the rest uh, sh- should fall into place over time
1: yeah i agree i mean I think if we look at numbers um the last count that that, that I had uh, and it may have changed but th- there was over three hundred million people who own the digital assets so roughly an ecosystem of three hundred people who are involved in web three in some way or another mm-hmm. uh, we have uh six over six billion people with smartphones across the world uh you know billions of i o t devices the value of of bringing those smartphones and i o t devices to web three uh, from an adoption point of view, is absolutely massive. Uh, what can be done where you have that adoption and you have uh, the power of smart contracts and other capabilities on Web three, um, you know, could be really powerful. So, uh, yeah, lo- looking forward to more of that. To be honest, Eddie.
0: Yep. Could I ask you, David? Have you come across uh, some of these, um, you know, decentralized infrastructure networks? So networks that have uh, route, you know, different types of routers and so on.
1: Um, so are you talking about uh, sort of blockchain as a service?
0: Um, not so much blockchain as a service, but, um, more, um, so communications infrastructure, whether it's Wi Fi, Oh, and okay. okay. So you're talking about
1: so mesh networks, right? Uh, mesh networks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, I have, uh, so I think helium is one of them that obviously exactly, yeah, has a exactly. lot of, a uh, lot of attention. It is, it is really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. obviously with my current badge on. Um, you know, it's something that is part of the evolution, right? Uh, and you already sort of see, um, you know, how how you can bring efficiencies where there's no coverage, uh, and and how we need innovation uh, for this. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it's something that's very, very interesting. Uh, mesh networks, um, and it's and I'm sure it, it, it's an area where again, digital identity, transactions, um, you know, uh, and uh, and the ability to have security. Uh, across devices is, is really important to do that. But, yeah, it's, uh, Mesh Networks, uh, you know, excited me two, three years ago. And I, I think, uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's an exciting topic.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of these things are kind of in spurts and then, you know, somebody, there's like an initial attempt and then it may or may yeah. not work. And, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, but, again, just to, just to describe these a little bit, so my understanding of it is it's, it's really a token-based uh, system. Where where people, I guess, individuals can host uh, these devices, um, and they get rewarded through w- with tokens, and those devices come together to form some kind of uh, uh, you know they provide some kind of communication service. So it could be, for example, a bunch of Wi-Fi routers that people host, and people going walking by can maybe connect to them in some way, uh, yeah. and then there's a token economy around that. So, yeah, it's it's, kind of it's, it's, early, so Bluetooth
1: yeah. and Wi-Fi Direct and um yeah, yeah. and then, and it's early days. I mean it it makes sense. I mean if you can introduce a sustainability uh, site to that. But 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 I mean all of this is areas where I see that the communication service providers will evolve to anyway. Um and some of yeah. it using more more traditional mesh, uh some of it uh, including maybe some IoT mesh. But uh it's something where I see an evolution where traditional players will will, will be a part of it. And it's all about bringing efficiencies. Um, I mean, obviously, um, you know, the, the sort of core spine of connectivity has been built, um, and, and that's uh, sort of fiber and uh, and radio networks and core networks. Um, and, and that is serving billions of people uh, at the moment. Uh, but you still have areas yeah. where connectivity could be improved. Uh, you have areas where, um, you know, some people don't have, uh, the right connectivity to allow them to participate in uh, in the creator economy or other opportunities sometimes in developing countries uh, so I think anything we can do to to sort of equal, level the balance lower the costs improve the performance I'm, I'm sure all connectivity service providers will, will will sort of be looking at that to move it forwards and and I think the token side of it or rewarding uh, for, for, for 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 doing that yeah is an obvious thing
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, David, before we go, a uh, question that I ask uh, m- most of our guests: um, Have you got a, a book you've read recently, or that you'd recommend to, to the listeners?
1: Um, yeah, I so I'd probably say the platform economy by uh, uh, by Tapscott. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's probably one that I'm, I'm in the process of reading. I think it's uh, it, it's, it's, it's it's good um there's there's some metaverse books that uh that, that i've got to read i'm writing one myself uh so oh. i don't want to be too too influenced uh, so, the, so the my book uh, is, is entitled the business of metaverse uh you know um okay. how, how you can use web3 uh, for that um and uh, nice. it will be out in december so but uh yeah I, i'm actively reading and actively watching uh, what's happening and and there's some really exciting initiatives um you know so 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 and what's interesting is that we're getting this excitement, uh, especially in the business and enterprise world at a time where uh, we've seen, uh, you know, sort of cryptocurrency market go down and there's been a, a lot of boom in the markets. But actually in, in terms of what's happening for the, you know, the protocols and the investment going in there and the investment mm-hmm. for web three in, uh, in sort of business and enterprise has gone up, especially in the metaverse. So the metaverse, um, you know, 120 million. Uh, billion was uh, invested in the first 6 months of 2022. I don't know how that panned out towards the end, but it was, you know, there's still a lot of money uh, going into web3 metaverse and of course there's going to be a lot more yeah. going into generative ai now. So exciting but
0: Yeah, this I mean this this is also what we've been feeling from our customers is actually the the enterprises are, are kind of uh coming with new requirements now. Um whereas previously it was kind of crypto stealing the show. Um, enterprises are now. Uh, we're, we're getting more and more uh, inquiries and and requests. Um, so sort of enterprises looking looking at different aspects of the tech now, yeah. especially as and it's I wanted maturing. to,
1: uh, I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you, Adi, So what, how how important do you think the the merge right? So the uh, for for Ethereum, uh, the mm-hmm. the move from uh, proof of work to proof of state, which which I understand. Uh, reduce the energy consumption of the Ethereum protocol um, by, by maybe over 90 percent, at least when it when it happened. Um, and now you have um, other EIPs which will come in to increase the TPS. Um, how important do you think um, you know uh, the merge, uh, you know that move from proof of work to proof of stake, and also the, in the the current initiatives um, EIPs coming in to improve performance will be. Uh, to make make uh, public blockchain more attractive for business? Yep. So I'm interviewing you now, yeah. so I, I wanted to get your view
0: on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to, mm-hmm. to, answer, to, to be interviewed as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, I mean, it's a big question. Right? I, I think, first of all, the merge, uh, if nothing else, I think was an incredible engineering achievement. Right? Yeah. So to have a relatively decentralized open organization Execute on a living, live protocol with billions of dollars of value on it, and, and effectively have an open heart transplant. Right? It, it, they effectively change the engine, um, that, and 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 you know it just went smoothly. That's I think I think it's an incredible wow. uh, engineering feat. Um, so that that that's amazing in itself. Uh, it, it it obviously makes Ethereum more scalable, or it will make it more scalable in the future. It makes it it will bring down the price and it will also make it much more palatable for a lot more people who obviously care about the environment and potential damage to the environment through the extensive proof of work so i think it's something that had to be done Um, there will always be the purists who will say that proof of work has the uh, the incentive the the the, the incentive mechanisms which are maybe harder than proof of stake uh, and, and therefore on some level maybe more more secure uh, but Ethereum itself is, is obviously very well decentralized, right? And that's why still most of the value in the blockchain space, in the crypto space, is either on Ethereum itself or bridged from it, right? So originating from it. Uh, I think it's as high as 90%. Um, so so I think that, that's, that, that in itself is super interesting. Then I think there's the scaling. Uh, the, Vitalik obviously has a roadmap for scaling Ethereum. But if you listen to him, he's... On the one hand, there's sharding. On the other hand, he talks a lot about zero-knowledge roll-ups. Yeah. And the ZK, the ZK roll-ups. ZK Snarks. Mm. Yes, yes. And in particular, so ZK-SNARKs is zero-knowledge proofs, which really have two primary uses that we've seen. One is to is for data privacy, but the other is for scalability, because the proofs can allow us to take some data and then create a mm. compact proof about that data. So it's being used. So that's a compression, and it's being used to have these layer twos where you have maybe tens of thousands of transactions and they can get compressed into a single transaction, which gets posted to layer one Ethereum. Um, and that, that is part of Ethereum's own uh, scaling vision now, uh, is that Ethereum will be this decentralized anchor rock in the middle, if you like, and then we'll have these uh, zero-knowledge roll-ups that will roll up to it with very scalable transaction throughputs outside and potentially also privacy, because anybody mm-hmm. could really host a, a zk rollup, the protocol, and and nobody would see the transactions. We'd only have proof about the transactions, cryptographic proof on the layer one, which could be verified uh, without revealing anything. And this, unless, unless it was wanted, unless somebody wanted to, uh, to 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 reveal and use those transactions on layer one. So so I think that's that that's where where I think we're going uh, with this, and where Ethereum's going and i think it is it, it it's you know at least on paper it's, it, it it looks like it will it will give us uh, the best of of all worlds really because we'll we'll be able to anchor transactions in the decentralization of ethereum but we'll be able to have massive scalability outside of it and also privacy and enterprise requirements and so on uh, met but without uh, you know without compromising those so, so yeah. I think that's how we had to get the best of both worlds.
1: No, I, I think it was massive as well. I think it was uh, one of the biggest steps I've seen for yeah. making public blockchains, um, yeah, more attractive for business and enterprise. So yeah, I think it's really important. Also, I know from sort of what Vitalik was saying that he also made reference to mobile phones and, yeah, you know, mobile phone, uh, uh, mobile phones participating in the consensus. Uh, uh, going for you know in the future, um, which of course excited me and I posted on it uh, because yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think that's where it's going to go as well. Um, so yeah. no no exciting exciting times ahead. And um, yeah, as I said, one of the other things I've seen is this as a service model where essentially you're getting um, a lot of people offering trust as a service uh, where mm. you know where where you need to have a, a sort of consensus or, or trust as part of your solution you call an API, and they do it. Um, I I don't know what your views on on that is. Um, From a purist point of view, it doesn't uh, sort of fit in with the whole decentralized model. But this seems to be how uh, they're making that sort of bridge between enterprise, so uh, API-based technology and uh, Web3. I think it's okay as
0: long as you have the cryptographic trail. Mm. If you you have the, the key Anchored in the enterprise, where if you know where the data is coming from and you have cryptographic no. proof of that, that's fine. If you start with a non-cryptographic API, and 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 that's and you know the, that, that's receiving data from somewhere, but we don't have cryptographic anchor or proof or signature or something of where it's come from, then I think we've we've, we've lost something. So so I think we have to have the cryptographic uh, audit trail. Um, a few things just to link to some of the things we're doing. So so. With silent data, which is a, a kind of oracle that we have, um, we can link to web to APIs, standard APIs, which which aren't enabled for blockchain, but which are HTTPS based. So they have a server that has a, a key, an SSL key, and and we can use that in order to prove that the data has come from those data sources. Yeah. No, so there are ways. No. So there's, there's ways to solve for that. Yeah, so then let's have a talk conversation on mm-hmm. that, Eddie. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> the, other thing yeah, is, you. the other thing is, David, we've got, we, we've just published a report on our own predictions from a tech perspective for 2023. So it's nothing about tokens, nothing about the uh, regulation, pure tech. Um, but we've, we've touched there on wallets, hardware wallets, these zero knowledge roll ups and so on. Um, and I think, uh, um I think we need to talk about IoT there as well. So I'll share that with you and maybe we can do something uh, no, together absolutely. on that as
1: well. We'd love, we'd love yep. to um, uh, uh, sort of discuss the economy of yep. things or um, the metaverse of things. Uh, yeah, and I think the uh, sim know, as a
0: wallet is super interesting. So we'll, uh, I'd, I'd love to reference that as well.
1: Excellent. No problem. Yep. Thank you, Adi.
0: All right, David, thank you very, very much. That was super interesting. Thank you for listening to the Applied Blockchain podcast. Make sure you follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for more updates. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please let us know by leaving a review and clicking subscribe. Until next time.